as well. what God wanted to preach. One was in the message that uh, went forth tonight and then while the pastor was talking. And um, you'll see what it is in just a minute. Before I get started, I'm going to apologize for confusing you tonight. Well, at least I know I confused Linda and my son back there in the back. Um, when I was preparing this, I, I knew Sunday what I was going to preach on. The Lord just dropped it in my heart. And then I, I remember I thought I preached on it once before, so I went and looked, sure enough I did. So I kind of combined a couple sermons. So some of my scriptures are in King James and some of them in New King James. And uh, I forgot to go back and change them all to New King James. So... Uh, some of the scriptures you'll read tonight on the board, but they're uh, on the screen. It's going to be New King James. Some of it's going to be King James. So I'm sorry for the confusion. So I, I just want to kind of get that away and know that it's out there and confess so Linda won't give me such a hard time. <laughs> so, amen. Let's pray. God, it's good to be in your house. What a privilege, Lord. And Lord, I'm so thankful that we can come to study your word, to learn more of you. And God, I just pray that you would just, you minister tonight. Lord, I just give myself as a vessel unto you, Lord. Lord, that you may speak through me. I thank you for the anointing tonight as I speak, Lord, and for those to hear. And, Lord, that everything that is done tonight, everything that's accomplished would be because of you, Lord. And I thank you for it tonight, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the title of my sermon is, What is Your Focus? What is your focus? What does it mean to be focused? One of Webster's uh, definitions for focus is a center of activity or attraction or attention. For something to become the object of your focus, it has to get your attention. After it gets your attention, you have to be attracted to it. And after you're attracted to it, you will act on it one of three ways. You will either dismiss it, you will think about it, or you will pursue it. The object of your focus can be good or bad, holy or evil. It can be God-sent or Satan-sent. My question is, what is the object of your focus? What are you looking at? What has your attention tonight? I know for a lot of us, for the last few weeks, it's always on the election. It just kind of consumes you. Get to the point you're tired of looking at it, but you can't help because that's all it's on. But we get focused on things in our lives. God has a purpose for all our lives. Uh, when we're saved, it's up to us to pursue 
our purpose. God has a purpose for you. But you've got to pursue it. It just don't happen. But you've got to want it. You've got to want what God has for you. Um, God's purpose is more than the, than the call on our lives. On Second Peter uh, chapter 1, start with verse 3. King James. According as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by, by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that the world that is in the world through lust. First of all, God has placed his focus on us. We are the apple of his eye. Everything that he does is for us. That's a wonderful thought. Since we are the object of his attention, God has purpose that we receive everything that we need for life and godliness. Everything. In addition, it's God's purpose that we be partakers in His divine nature. He wants us to be like Him. He, he, he wants us to uh, be clothed in His righteousness. We are to be like Him. And because He has done this for us, our focus should be on Him totally and completely. Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Again, Second Timothy 1 9. There's a couple of men I want to talk about tonight who lost their focus. The first one was David. Now, the word says that David was a man after God's own heart. David loved God. He was called of God. He was a, the king of Israel. Second Samuel, verse eleven, chapter eleven, part of verse four, one rather, verse one, was a very low time in David's life. He really fell away to a very low place. Verse one it says. 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 1. It happened in the spring of the year, at the time when the kings go out to battle. Kings go out to battle. That's where David was supposed to be. But David found him someplace else. It goes on that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel and he destroyed the people of Ammon and besieged Rabbath. But David remained at Jerusalem. He stood out where the kings were fighting. He was still, he stayed at home. Then it happened one evening that David arose from his bed and walked on the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman bathing. And the woman was very beautiful to behold. 
So David sent and inquired about the woman. And everyone said, Is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Elam, Elam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? Then David sent messengers and took her. And she came to him, and he lay with her. For she was cleansed from her impurity, and she and she returned to her house. Again, the first thing we notice in the scriptures, David was supposed to be out with his men fighting. When kings go forth to battle, that was his first mistake. He wasn't where he was supposed to be. Sometimes we find ourselves in a place where we're not supposed to be. Things happen when we're in a place we're not supposed to be. Instead of doing what he was called to do, he sent another in this place to war. And David stayed home. Do not lay down your sword and let others do the battle for you. Once you lay it down, you open yourself up the things that can destroy you. David lost his focus on what he was supposed to do as God's man. Called of God to be the king and called to lead God's people into battle. He lost his focus. David stayed home. One thing you need to note, when you lose your focus on what God has set before you, Satan, the great deceiver, will place before you someone, something, or some situation before you draw, or some situation before you to draw you away from God's purpose. He wants to get your attention. There's a lot out in this world to get your attention. It's everywhere you go. He's out there. You're not in the right place. You're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. If you're not having your eyes focused on, on God, Satan is there, right there. Say, hey, look at me, look at me, look at me. And you look at him. You draw your eyes away from God. And he can destroy you. As David took a stroll on the rooftop of his house, David looked and saw a woman washing herself. And the woman was very beautiful to look upon. David's focus turned to her. He wasn't where he was supposed to be. So his eyes were turned. His eyes were focused on her. After inquiring of her and knowing she was a married woman, the wife of Uriah the Hittite, David sent for her. He committed adultery. And one thing about this sin, it led to other sins. You know the story. How many lies did he tell? How many schemes did he have to come up with? And he put a man in harm's way and had him killed. Murdered. He wasn't where he was supposed to be. He wasn't looking at the things he needed to look at. He lost his focus. To add to all this, she conceived. There was a little baby involved. I'm 
sure your friends will find you out. And you lose your focus. Because you're not looking on what you're supposed to be looking at. And we know in the story that Bathsheba was going to lose the baby. David, he, he mourned, he cried, did all he could do, but the baby died. A lot of tragedy took place because David said, well, that's not where you're supposed to be. Looking at things you shouldn't have been looking at. We know that God restored David. We know that the King Solomon through Bathsheba and David, the next son, became the king of Israel. God forgave David. But what a cost for what he, for the sins that he committed. What a cost. Now let's look at King Solomon, his son. He was another man who lost his focus what he should be doing. When Solomon became king, the only thing he asked from God was wisdom to lead God's people. And because he did not ask for a long life, because he didn't ask for riches or the life of his enemies, not only did God grant him his desire of being the wisest man that ever lived on this earth, never was there one before like him, and not another one after him. But God also gave him long life, gave him riches, and the life of his enemies. He was blessed of God. Peace throughout the land, everywhere he went. He had his focus on God. God called him to build the temple, and he done it. He built the temple for God. The man of God, the love of God. First Kings, chapter eleven, verse one. But King Solomon loved many foreign women, as well as the daughters of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, the Amorites, Edomites, Sidonians, and Hittites. For the nations whom the Lord has said to the children of Israel, you shall not intermarry with them, nor are they with you. Surely they will turn you away, turn your hearts after their gods. It says Solomon clung to these in love. He wasn't focusing. About the things that God had given him. Leading the people of the children of Israel. He allowed all these other people in his life to show his love. And he's had 700 wives, princesses, 300 concubines. And his wives turned away his heart. For it was so when Solomon was old that his wives turned his heart after other gods 
and his heart was not loyal to the Lord his God. And was the heart, as was the heart of his father David. Solomon's heart was no longer perfect. He had lost his focus of what God had for him. He was no longer perfect before the Lord. He allowed others to turn him to other gods, including women. And we don't know to this day if Solomon made it. The wisest man who ever had lived to walk his focus. David and Solomon are examples of those who were taken into the depths of sin because they lost focus on God and their purpose. Many Christians over the years have been hurt and have already and have deeply hurt those they love because they have allowed themselves to lose focus on God's purpose by focusing on the things of this world. John ten ten says the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Whose purpose are you focusing on? Whose purpose are you focusing on tonight? Losing focus does not mean it will take you to the depths of sin. Continued losing focus will keep us from fulfilling God's purpose for our life. We turn our eyes on what God has called us to do. And we begin to to go after money. We go after bigger houses. Nothing wrong with money, nothing wrong with houses. But our focuses are changing off of God. The Word says that, you know, we are to let all these, um, I can quote it, about seeking God in His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. But our attentions are so drawn to these other things that we're not doing all that God has called us to do. As many of us have been called of God to do ministry for God, to go in into the harvest, but because of the situation, we, we have jobs, we got things that we're committed to doing, and it takes our time away, and we can't focus on the things called God has called us to do. Tonight God is wanting us to Like a yo-yo, we are up and down, up and down. We are on a spiritual high for a while, and then we are on a spiritual low. We allow things and situations that do not matter to govern our life. We allow our imaginations to see things that are not there. A good example. That's the petty stuff, the little stuff. But we get mad at the little things, the things that don't matter. 
That shouldn't be our focus. Just the pastor shook our hand. Or someone sat in our chair. You know, we're here to worship God. We're here to serve Him. We need to put away these petty things to get our focus back. Time to grow up and become mature men and women of God. That's what we need to do. Peter is another example of someone losing their focus. As I talked about Peter last Sunday, I'm not going to read all the scriptures, but I'm going y'all know the story. I'm not going to be critical about Peter. You know, he's the only other man besides Jesus that walked on water. That's pretty special. None of us can say that. However, where Peter failed in the natural, we fall in the spiritual. When Peter saw Jesus walk on the water, he wanted to join him. Jesus said, What did Peter do? He stepped over the edge. He had his eyes on Jesus. His eyes were focused. And he started walking. He started walking. I don't know how far he walked. He definitely walked. He got his eyes off Jesus. He focused. He was on the waves and the storm. And what happened? Sometimes we find ourselves in a mess in our homes or in our finances, whatever it may be, because we take our eyes off of Jesus and we're looking at things again. We're looking at the storm of life that's around us. Jesus wants to put us in a the cleft of the rock, hidden. Let the storm blow so you protect it. As soon as Peter went walked in, so was Jesus who picked him up. And Peter walked on the water again. Got back in the boat. Peter lost his focus. Some of you have heard Jesus say, come. And you stepped out of the boat and you walked on the water. You may have accomplished great things for God, but something happened. You lost your focus on Jesus. You began to perhaps look at the winds and the seas of life and begin to sink. What storms have caused you to sink? Are the storms of life causing you to sink now? Do you find you're in that place now? You or a loved one may be facing physical sickness. You may have a financial crisis going on. You may be facing turmoil in your family. 
you can walk on water again. You can get your focus back. When God calls you to do something, He doesn't take the call away. He doesn't say, oh, I'm sorry, we're not going to do that anymore. You can never get away from the call of God. saw that very plainly Sunday morning. All those that stood up and knew they had a call on their life, they weren't sure what God had for them. They had to focus on other things. The only way we can fulfill his purpose for our life is to step out of the boat and keep our focus on him. Paul made a statement that relates to his focus. Philippians 3, starting with verse 13, says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, and reach forth into those things which are before. I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. What's he saying? He says, I'm not there yet. But I got my eyes set. I'm going for it. I'm not going to look, behind, look uh, behind him what mistakes he's made over his life. He's going after that high price, the high calling of God. I'm going to pursue the finish line for the prize of the high calling God. He was focused. Nothing was going to stop him. He had his eyes set on the goal. Had not attained it yet, but he was pressing towards that goal. Philippians uh, 3, verse 7 says, But what things were gained to me, these I have counted lost for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ. That was New King James. King James said, count them as dung. Very educated man. Well known. The upper elite. status. Thing that many things fall Serving him. His focus is upon him. Philippians 1.21 says, For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. To live is Christ. There's an ongoing onslaught of distraction. And if allowed, will cause us to lose our focus on the things that really count. All of us have been affected. We've seen our nation engulfed in political unrest. People 
arguing with each other. That's not even the people, the family, the people in general. They're so wrapped up in it, so focused on it. People the trouble in living in fear. Because we know who the president is now, but they will live in fear who the president might be. Just like David said, four years. Everything's in God's hands. God raises up kings and princes and rulers. He can take them down too. This didn't take God by surprise. Christians are troubled and living in fear because of the economy. Now remember, He supplies our needs according to His riches and glory. We're in His economy. Don't get so focused on everything else. If you lose out, you become trouble in your heart and your spirit. You allow the stress of it just to wear you down. Keep your focus on God and His Word. God will do according to His Word. He will bless you where this world will be going further and further down. You will be blessed. Fear of the economy, their 401Ks, retirement accounts, Wall Street, also unemployment. Don't lose your focus. Don't lose your focus. Healthcare costs, skyrocketing. Don't lose your focus. The price of oil is fragile, it can climb up any time. We saw it go quite high. Don't lose your focus. Keep your eyes on God. He's going to supply your needs. Our nation is engaged in two wars with rumors of other wars. Keep your eyes on Him. Our nation is trying to vent the war on terror coming into our nation. We live in perilous times. Keep your eyes on Him. Keep your focus on Jesus. That's where our focus has got to be. John 14, 1 says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. John 14, 27 says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. God is giving you comfort right now. Telling you, don't be troubled. Don't let this stuff take your peace from you. Look to Him. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. Look to Jesus. He will supply. Receive encouragement from Jesus Christ Himself. And don't be troubled. Don't be afraid. Receive His peace. It's not a peace that the world gives. They say peace, peace, peace. There's no peace out there. Satan is a thief. He wants to rob you of your peace. He wants to rob you of your power. He wants to rob you of your effectiveness and render you ineffective. 
as a Christian. And he will continue until you take your stand telling no Satan. No more. No more. We need to get mad at him. We need to stand up against him. That reminds me of a boxer. You see him boxing and one that's starting to kind of go down. And they just keep hitting him. what Satan tries to do to us. One punch after the other. We need to take a stand. We need to regroup. We need to get a focus. Start laying some punches back on him. Again, the question tonight is where is your focus? What have you got your eyes set on tonight? Are you pressing towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus? Or have you allowed your focus to be drawn away? God has many great things in store for us. He has all his promises in the Word. He wants to pour into our lives. He has already set in order miracles to enable us to accomplish his purpose. They're already there. So we've got to get our focus back on what he's called us to do. Don't worry about the storm that surrounds you. Because he has you in the palm of his hand. Hebrews 12. Starting in verse 1. The second part of verse 1. It said, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And looking unto Jesus, focusing on Jesus, our focus. The author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. think we need to take inventory of ourselves. God has just been really going meeting me. Downfalls and things that I need to refocus on. God's a jealous God. He don't want your eyes wondering here and there. He wants your eyes focusing on Him. Tonight, again, take inventory of yourself. See where you stand with God. If God has called you, it doesn't matter how long ago it's been. Get your focus back on Him and let Him renew that call in your life. God has set things in your heart and things to do in ministering to people. Get your focus back on that. Get your mind on Make the Holy Spirit start speaking to your heart once again. He has never left. But we've lost our sight. 
who turned a deaf ear and he had them listen. But he hadn't stopped. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we love you. Lord, forgive us for not keeping our eyes totally on you. Lord, you've called us here. I know the Art Fellowship is called of you. The people of the church called of you. But Lord, you're calling for us to get our focus back to the things of God. Get our focus back to the ministry that you called us unto. To get our focus back that we can see the lost, see the hurting. Get our focus back we can see the sick, Lord God, and God, that we would reach out to this lost and dying world. Lord, let our eyes be able to see, Lord, everything that's going on around us, all the hurting. As we look at you, Lord God, let us look through your eyes. Let us feel your pain, Lord God. Lord, may your compassion rise within us Let us feel the hurts of this world. Stir our hearts, Lord. Lord, as Peter told Timothy, to stir up the gifts that's within us. Lord, maybe tonight, tonight, Lord, we stir up those gifts that's within us to do the work of the ministry, Lord. Lord, this is all about you. Lord, it's not about us. It's not by our desires, oh God. But God, it's about what your desires are. Lord, we need to get our focus on the prize. Lord, we need to get our focus on the goal once again. For the high calling of God, Lord God. Because, Lord, everything that you called us with is a high calling, Lord. And you don't take lightly. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I love you. And thank you, Lord, for being with us tonight. Thank you for speaking to our hearts. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God.